wind blowing toward right field. If Alex could find something to pull, get it in the air, he would get some help. Familia's next pitch. Belted to deep center. Back goes Lagares. And gone, Alex Gordon. In comes the pitch. Broken bat, one hopper to third. And over to first in time. Runner going to try to score. Wild throw. Hosmer gambling that he could dash home on the throw to first base. And the Royals have tied the game. For the very best in baseball, this is the place you want to be. Let's get it going on the Lockdown Royals podcast, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I'm your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. This is the Lockdown Royals podcast, the only daily Royals podcast, the fastest growing Royals podcast. I appreciate you all for tuning in. Again, this is every single day, even during quarantine. On today's show, we're going to talk about the possible new CBA the latest MLB proposals for this season, and also some breaking news in Kansas City. But first, I want to talk to you about our good friends over at Withings. Do you hate stepping on the scale? Maybe it's because you have not met the right one yet. A company called Withings produced the world's first ever smart scale, and they are still the best. In fact, Tom's Guide rated Withings Body Plus the best overall smart scale in 2020. If you are looking to lose weight, willpower is key, but so is having the right tools. Withings Smart Scales are known for their durability and exceptional user-friendly design. Step on and data from every weigh-in syncs automatically to the free app for iOS and Android via Wi-Fi or Bluetooth. Lots of Smart Scales do not have the Wi-Fi option, and it means you need to have your phone on you. But with Withings Body Plus, it gives your weight, your full body composition, your weight trends, and even a local weather report. The scale can support up to eight users and even know who is who. So here's the deal. You get 25% off a Withings Body Plus right now at withings.com for a very limited time. Go to withings.com, that's W-I-T-H-I-N-G-S dot com backslash MLB to get 25% off. So let's dive into some baseball news today. And if you listened to yesterday's show, I would, I would encourage you to remember that show. And if you haven't listened to that show, go back and listen to that show before you continue this one. Because in that show, I talked about you know, the difficulties of the new CBA, you know, negotiations and the difficulties facing this season actually happening. And so that will be a good precursor to this show because we're going to get more into that today with actual news that came up this morning from Ken Rosenthal. But first, I want to talk about the Royals breaking news as this is the Lockdown Royals podcast. And they have selected the contract of Trevor Rosenthal and DFA'd Eric Skoglin. So if you don't know what DFA means, it's designated for assignment. And that means that Eric Skoglin is now put on waivers. If he clears waivers, he can return to the Royals organization within the minor leagues. But there's an there's a way for other teams to claim him now. He's not just sent down. If you're just sent down, then you're protected and you cannot go to another team. But another team could put in a waiver claim for Eric Skoglin. I personally still believe in Skoglin. I still believe in his talent and his ability. If I was a GM, especially on a team... That's not looking to really compete. I might put in a claim for him. Uh, but for the Royals, they should get him back. He should be in the farm system this season, whenever that season does start. For Trevor Rosenthal, this is very expected. His opt-out date was tomorrow. Now, obviously, they've selected his contract. He's not going to be able to opt out. Uh, but he was the best pitcher in spring training, arguably him or Josh Stomont. So 
I, I love this move. It was expected. DFAing Eric Skoglund, not so much expected for me anyway. I thought that, you know, they wouldn't actually do this, but nonetheless, they did. Trevor Rosenthal was expected to be picked up, obviously, as he was one of the best pitchers in spring training. I'm interested to see what they can get out of him because I think that he is a reclamation project that could really work. Not only as a good bullpen arm for the Royals, not only as a good player for Kansas City, but also in the trade market. We've talked all offseason long about how this is the year that I think there are more contenders than not. I think that there are more teams going for playoff spots than there are teams that are not going for playoff spots. And when you put that together, that means you're going to have a very interesting trade market. You're going to have a lot of buyers and not that many sellers. So the teams who are selling, like the Royals could be, are even more valuable. And now with a shortened season... Because let's face it, I don't think there's a way that they're going to play 162 games. Even though that by all accounts, everyone wants to play all 162, it just does not seem feasible. So let's just say, for argument's sake, this will be a shortened season. Then there becomes even less sellers because those teams on the cusp, they're still going to be in it. They're still going to be in the fight. Heck, the Royals, as I said yesterday, could still be in the fight if we're only going to play 80 games. If we only play 70 to 80 games, a hot start keeps the Royals in the wildcard chase. And that's the Royals, who, who some expect to lose 100 games. But they have a very competitive lineup, and if they can get a ton out of these pitchers like Trevor Rosenthal, then they can be right there. That's it. Well, that's if a, if a shortened season happens, of course. But, nonetheless, Trevor Rosenthal makes all the sense in the world to select his contract. We knew it was going to happen. We just didn't know how we were going to clear the space for him. Obviously, it comes via DFAing Eric Skoglund. So now, after the break, I want to talk about the newest MLB proposals and what they're talking about uh, to try to work things out for this season. That's going to be after the break on the Locked On Royals podcast. So we're back on the Locked On Royals podcast. Again, I'm your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. So I want to go through some of the things that are projected for the, the upcoming season. Scott Boris had some ideas. Ken Rosenthal has some ideas. There's been some reported factual things that are being talked about right now, and not just ideas and rumors and speculation. So all of that is interesting. I want to compile all of that into this episode. Again, yesterday I talked about how this season could not happen because of the ugly CBA negotiations that were going on. And right on cue this morning, Ken Rosenthal says, hey, they've made a lot of progress on the CBA. They've made a lot of headway in coming to an agreement, and I'll tell you why. Yesterday I talked about the debate between the players and the owners and that it's about service time and someone in this discussion is going to get wronged. Either the owners will get wronged or the players will get wronged. And this morning, Ken Rosenthal said that this year, and will be proposes that this year counts as a full year of service time. No matter if there's no games played, if you're on the active roster, full games, you know, the full season counts as service time. Now, what does that mean? For example, as I used yesterday, let's use Mookie Betts. If this season gets wiped, and this season does not count whatsoever, Mookie Betts will not play a single game for the Los Angeles Dodgers, and he will be able to walk in free agency in the winter. That is insane. And that's something that the owners have given up the right to. Because it will hurt every single owner, even the Royals, and we'll talk about that in a second. It'll hurt every single owner. But it's better to, to lose this battle then lose the war. Because let's face it, again, as I said before the break, we're not going to get 162. 
I don't see a way, no matter the, all these funky proposals and and start and playing the World Series on Christmas and playing in, on Thanksgiving and playing deep into the winter, I don't think there's any way that that truly goes down when we truly play 162. So for the owners to say, you know what, you can have the service time this year no matter what happens. No matter if we play 60 games, 80 games, 100 games, or 162 games, you can have this year. Because they realize, hey, this is already going to be a shortened year. And if we do not cave on this argument right here, if we do not cave on this discussion, and if we don't just suck it up and say, hey, we could get, we could get screwed in this one. If we don't do that, then we're staring down the barrel of two seasons now that are either shortened or altogether lost. Because, as I said yesterday, there was a ton of reports that this could have gone to a strike. That this was heading towards a strike. And so the fact that the owners came out today and proposed that this season counts for service time is a huge step in the right direction, and it's no surprise that we are now closer to a CBA agreement because of it. Because, again, you can lose this battle if if you're the Dodgers. You can lose Alex Vertigo for nothing if it means that you get to line your pockets next year and years forward with a new CBA. Because you're going to lose a ton of money this year no matter what you do. No matter what you do. Even if you do make the playoffs, if, if, if these proposals are correct and we play neutral site playoff games and we play the World Series in Miami and we play the World Series on Christmas, you're losing a ton of revenue, even for making the World Series. There is no way to make up what has been lost due to this delay. So you cannot double down and make it worse by losing next season or even part of next season with a CBA you know, uh, strike, with, with a non-agreement with the players. So we talked about yesterday who was going to cave. The owners caved, and I have to commend them. First of all, I didn't think that they would ever do that. I did not think that they would ever look at the big picture. But they did, and they made the right decision. The players feel good about themselves right now, and the owners continue to come out on top. Sure, you could lose Mookie Betts. Sure, if you're the Royals, let's take it back to Kansas City now, you're going to lose a year of of control over Whit Merrifield on a team-friendly deal. You're going to lose control over Jorge Soler. Ian Kennedy becomes a free agent without you having the option to trade him in July. That's if there's no games, obviously. Sure, all that could happen. And losing a serv- no, using, losing a year of service time on Whit Merrifield, on Jorge Soler, even on Nicky Lopez and Alberto Mondesi, even on Hunter Dozier, that really sucks for Sherman, and for all other owners of small market teams. Because that's how you win ball games. that's how you build a team, is by capitalizing on years in which you have young talent on team-friendly deals, on arbitration, and things like that. However, without, what, what really hurts owners is not playing games at all. It's having two straight years like this, where we're wondering when the year will start. So they cave on this argument, and it sounds like we're going to get a new CBA, and it sounds like next year, barring the end of the world, will go on as normal. So that was an interesting note to bring up today because, again, we talked in depth about that yesterday, about my opinion on the CBA and what has been rumored and what's been reported about the CBA yesterday. It all got turned around and washed away this morning from Ken Rosenthal. And I mentioned it briefly in that discussion, but the MLB draft is scheduled to happen now. We we had a time period last week where we thought it wasn't going to happen. We thought it wasn't going to go down. But now Ken Rosenthal reports that 
the new proposal also has a has a draft. It's just not going to be in the normal June time slot. It's going to be later, which is understandable. But at least they're going to get a draft because, again, as I mentioned on that no draft episode, there were too many hoops to jump through. There were too many logistical errors to fix in order to cancel an entire draft because you have to give teams the shot. The draft in general, when you're drafting high schoolers, when you're drafting college players who will not be called up for two, three, four, five, six years, the draft in general is a guessing game. But you have to have a a chance. You have to have a guess. You can't just take that away from teams who utilize the draft to improve their team, like the Royals, like the Rays, like the Indians. Teams who survive, teams who compete and teams who build through the draft at least need the chance. Even if it's going to, even if it's just going to be a highly educated guess with no college season, no high school season, it's just going to be a very educated guess with limited workout, limited workouts, limited interviews. It's going to be a highly educated guess. That's basically what every draft is in every sport, but especially baseball. So they needed the chance and it looks like they're going to get that chance uh, come, you know, probably July or August. Once we, get over this pandemic, and can actually have these players in for a workout. It'll make it a lot easier to scout them and have them in for interviews and things like that. Maybe have them all play in the Cape Cod League. I don't know. But there's a lot easier workarounds for actually having the draft than there are for canceling it altogether. So I'm going to bring up three proposals in this that aren't that aren't official. They're just speculations from, uh, I believe, Bud Black had one. I believe that Scott Boris had another and I think that, actually, I think Scott Boris had the last two. I think that Bud Black had this first one of going to seven inning games uh, for doubleheaders. So you play seven, inning, you play seven inning doubleheaders. That's very college-like. I mean, that's what colleges do whenever they play doubleheaders, especially at the D two level. You play a doubleheader of just two seven inning games. I don't really like that for the major leagues, especially whenever you factor in the stats and the records and things like that. But it's not a bad idea. It's not the worst idea that's been proposed. It makes the most sense of all the things that have been proposed. So I'm going to just vote no on this one, but it is a logical discussion to have, unlike some of these other ones. First of all, we have the World Series on Christmas, which would mean that the World Series and playoff games are played at neutral sites. So I'll lump these last two together. It's going to be World Series on Christmas and neutral site playoff games. Number one, the biggest problem is I know the Super Bowl is held in Miami and held in Las Vegas and held in neutral sites in Tampa Bay every year. The problem is no one is going to travel to neutral site games. Even the best fan bases in the world are not going to have the same road presence as they once did because let's face the the economic state of this country right now who's going to have money in december who's going to have money next month who's going to have money two weeks from now it's going to take a while for most people to build back up what has been lost in this time period that's still not even halfway over yet not even halfway over yet so you're taking out a huge chunk of revenue if you move these to neutral sites because just the the core audience for these teams will not be able to travel. They'll be watching it on TV instead. 
And then you can also throw in there that, you know, you're competing with the playoff stretch of football. You know, down the stretch of the regular season, who's going to make that playoff push in weeks 14 through 16? Because this year they're not going to 17 games yet. So you're going to be competing with football. You're going to be competing with whenever basketball gets heated back up by Christmas. Because even if they do delay their season uh, and play until September, the proposal was to start on Christmas Day as well. So you're going to be competing with the NBA coming back. You're going to be competing with college football around that time. You know, the bowl games, preparing for the college football playoff. And then, of course, your playoff system has always been competing with the heat of college football season. And then you also have the fact that a lot a lot of times, you know, in, in every year you get a team that gets in there that hasn't been to the playoffs for a while, so you just take away all of that excitement, all of that electricity, all of that passion. You look at the Rays last year. They finally got back in the playoffs. The trap was awesome. It's been, the trap has been absolutely crucified by the national media, by casual baseball fans for years and decades and, and, and forever. But last year they got back in the playoffs and it was a very fun atmosphere. You look at Kansas City. Ned Yost had to beg fans. In August of 2014, he had to go on Fox Sports Kansas City and beg you guys to go to Kauffman Stadium in August of 2014. A few months later, they're in the World Series. And the K is one of the best baseball atmospheres you've ever seen, you've ever heard. So that takes away a lot of the the fun and, and pageantry of it. And again, I think the biggest issue of all this is no one's going to be able to travel, I don't think. I don't think anyone is going to be able to travel to a neutral site, especially whenever you consider that it's going to have to be in California or Miami or someplace like that to get this done in, in December. The only thing I'll give to this proposal, the, the only plus I'll give, is that if it is moved to Miami, if the World Series, whoever's in it, no matter who's in it, if it's moved to Miami, it'll be a very fun atmosphere because of the fact that Miami has such rich baseball tradition. It has such a, a baseball, built-in baseball fan base that loves baseball more than anything in the world. You, you watch the World Baseball Classic, that is amazing for the sport of baseball, what Miami fans can do for that sport, for this sport. The problem is it's a World Series game, so you cannot price them out. If you still want that good atmosphere, you cannot price them out, those fans in Miami, the everyday people, which reverts back to the economy. And, and, it, and it's just simple as who is going to have money when we come out of this? Who's going to have money to not only travel to the games, but go to games, period, at the current price that they were whenever we froze games two weeks ago? It's interesting to think about. So I, I don't mind the 17 doubleheaders. I don't really like the World Series and, and playoffs at neutral sites. I would say my proposal is whenever we get the all clear from the CDC to, to, to go back to regular, regular life, give them about two, three, four weeks of, of spring training, start the season wherever we would be at. So if that's July you know 29th, whoever the Royals play on July 29th right now is who they're going to play on July 29th. And then you finish out that season and, and, and go from there. Which is why it's, it's hard to even have a season that way. And this is going to impact every sport, even football. Because if we can't have you know gatherings until the end of July, 
You've missed OTAs. You've missed off-season workouts. You've missed training camp, the start of training camp anyway. So you've got to push all that back. This is going to have a huge ripple effect around the sports world. And there's no good solution because even my solution of starting wherever you're at, that could leave you with two months of baseball. In a sport that usually takes 162 to even out. Because again, last year, you saw the Rangers and Rockies make huge playoffs push in the first 60 games, in the first 80 games even. And they both finished well outside of that wildcard spot. They both finished well outside of the playoffs. So it's a crazy game, especially if you can get off to a hot start. So there's no good answer unless you're going to play all 162. And I just don't think that there's also a good answer to play all 162. So let me know your proposals for baseball in 2020 on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Let me know what you want me to talk about on the show as we're going to stay daily uh, during this quarantine. And folks, it is turning into a very slow news day. Every day is turning into a very slow news day around the baseball world. Thankfully, we got a ton of topics from Ken Rosenthal this morning. So be good and be good to one another, and we'll see you tomorrow on the Locked On Royals podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day.